Hey, it's Pat. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. In case you're not familiar with me, I've been helping people retire for over 20 years now, author of the book Save Your Retirement, and host of the Save Your Retirement radio show. Our goal with this show is to provide you with valuable and timely information to help you plan your retirement, or if you're already retired, help you make the most of it. Ultimately, we want to help you use your money to accomplish your goals and dreams and to help you avoid any stress and fear with your finances and instead replace those with confidence and peace of mind. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you won't miss future episodes. Also, if you'd like to give us a great rating, it would mean so much to us and it helps get the word out so we can share this valuable information with others. Thank you so much. And now here's this week's episode. This radio show is a paid placement. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak. So happy to be here today with Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the book, Save Your Retirement. And a little bit later on, Pat, we have the author of another book who's going to be on coming up here in a few minutes. So we're going to want to stick around. You're going to want to stick around to hear that. We're going to have a special guest coming up a little later on in the show. But first, Pat... Happy to sit down with you again. How are we doing this week? I'm doing great. Thank you. And uh, I am excited for our uh, author interview uh, later on. I think David is phenomenal and uh, looking forward to that conversation. That's right. You gave it away. It's David McKnight. He has a couple of books. We're going to hear a little bit more from him later on and some of the lessons that you can take as you are preparing for retirement. Before we get to that, Pat, we're going to talk about one of those fundamental concepts of preparing for retirement, which is building your financial house, building your house the right way. You remember the story of the three little pigs and the big bad wolf, right? I mean, you have little girls at home. I do, I do. It's been a, a little bit of time uh, since I was a, a small child and heard it, but uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> Gabby and I are four and five, so uh, yep, that, that's right in right in their wheelhouse. Yeah, it, it is, and for those of you who don't remember, the wolf would huff and puff and blow every house down except for the last one, because if you remember, Pat, the first little pig built his house, I think it was out of straw, the second one was out of sticks, and the third one was out of bricks. That one was built strong. It had a solid foundation. It was built to last, and that is the financial house that you want to build for your retirement. We don't want this thing out of straw or sticks, <laughs> right, Pat? Absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to be in retirement, and all of a sudden your house is gone. That's a huge problem. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit of a problem. So so that is our analogy that we're, we're going to be spending some time on here today. Talk about what goes into building a sturdy financial house for retirement. What, what does that really mean? Well, two things that come to mind, Jen. One is it's a perfect analogy for you know, anytime we talk about my book, Save Your Retirement, because the whole idea of that book is to teach about the seven retirement villains and how to protect yourself. Well, the only reason having a sturdy financial house for retirement is important is because there are dangers outside the house, right? I mean, you could build a straw house, and if there was never any wolf or any wind or anything, maybe that would be good enough, right? Yeah. But of course, that's not how life is. There are threats, and there are things that we have to be concerned with. So that's why we have to have a, a sturdy house. There are all kinds of different analogies in our industry for using a house. What we love to think of is using the financial house to visualize your nest egg. Um, and you can do this at any age, but of course, as you're getting close to an in retirement, that's when you're really focusing on how you're using that money. So the reason I found this so valuable, Jen, is there are thousands or maybe even millions of different places you can put your money uh, in, in savings and investments, and it's overwhelming. People don't know how to do that. They know they should diversify. They often don't know exactly what that means or how to do that. Uh, and it's incredibly complex. So if we can narrow it down to three different categories, that's the idea that we like. So we have the foundation of the house is the first level. We have the walls of the house is the second level. And then you have to have, of course, a roof on your house. And so we can talk today a little more about those three levels of the house and how you can divvy up your nest egg and kind of build that house and make it strong and sturdy for what you're trying to accomplish. And it's one of those things, when you talk about the levels, Pat, when when you are building an actual house, the order 
that you put it together, it it matters, right? You, you don't typically start with the roof and then put the <laughs> foundation on top of it. I mean, we might, we might talk about them in, in whatever order, but there is an order when it comes to making sure that it's put together in a way that, that makes sense. It's visually silly to see a house on its roof and the basement on the top. So it's kind of <laughs> silly that way with our money too, right? That's right. Well, you were picturing it upside down. I was just picturing a roof by itself <laughs> right. on the no, ground. I had and it upside it, down, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, well, I'm not a contractor. I I don't know how you'd be able to slide the house underneath that roof. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> right. So, yes, of course, um, you need to start with your foundation. And in, in our definition, we call that section of your financial house the definition there is really anything that has some type of safety or guarantee to it. Generally speaking, in the U.S. financial system, there's that's one of three things. That is either an FDIC-insured bank account like a savings or CDs. It would be um, U.S. Uh, government savings bonds that are backed by the federal government or any type of annuity that has a principal guarantee or a guarantee of income that's, of course, backed by that annuity company. So any one of those is going to provide that type of safety. Now, one of the things that's important to think about is how much should you have there? And of course, that's going to depend on a couple of things. It's going to depend on where you're at in life and what your financial goals are. If you're 25 and your biggest concerns are paying off your debt and saving up for a down payment for a house, that's a completely different situation than if you are 65 and you're retiring next week, right? So that's one of the things we have to think about as far as where you're at in life, but each person can use these three levels. And of course, the first one is gonna be important. We all need something in that foundation. We need, whether we're a retiree needing income out of that foundation, or if we are younger, and then maybe it's just our emergency reserve or money that we're using to, um, to buy a house soon. There's importance to having something that has some type of safety to it. And, um, you know, this is an example of one of those discussions we talk about, Jen, anytime we're talking to um, one of our clients, helping them figure out where is the right place to allocate their money. It's all about what your goals are. Um, are you clear on your goals? Do you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish? Um, have you talked to a financial professional about that? Um, it's one of the opportunities we offer you at absolutely no cost and no obligation, a chance to sit down with one of our retirement planners and help you see if you're on track to accomplish your goals. To get started, all you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. If you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement, that retirement review is absolutely no cost and no obligation. That number again, 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is with Preservation Specialists, and I am Jen Rizak alongside talking today about building your financial house. Pat, what is the next step on putting together that solid, sturdy structure of our financial house? Well, you're going to get mad at me, Jen. I'm just going to tell you right now, okay? You're because you're going to go out of order, aren't you? I got to go. I have to go out of order. Because, <laughs> I because if, I, if, if I explain the walls next, it won't make sense. So I'm going to go from the foundation to the roof. Just imagine we have this really strong crane and we're just holding, we're just, the, the, the roof is levitating over the, over the foundation, okay? <laughs> All right. Because we're going to slide those walls in there. And the reason that's important is because the definition of the foundation and, and the roof actually defines the walls. So foundation is safe and guaranteed. The roof roof, of course, is the part on the top of your house. That is the part that is exposed to the elements, you know, the rain and the sleet and, and the hail and all those kinds of things. So that is the part that is taking the most risk. Um, and we would say the goal for that money is that's our growth money. That's our more aggressive money. And I often with some clients will start there because most of us are in this financial system in the United States where that funnels us into things like our 401k, right? Well, what's in our 401k? It's mutual funds. Mm -hmm. It's the stock market. It's bond market. So our definition of the roof is anything that can fluctuate on a day-to-day -day or minute-to-minute -minute basis. So anything that has to do with stocks, anything that has to do with bonds is going to be in that roof. Um, now, the downside there, of course, is we can have a lot of risk. We can lose a lot of money quickly there. Two good things about that area. One is, of course, long-term averages tend to be very good there. And then the second thing is those usually tend to be very flexible investments. Um, so even if you're in your 401k, a lot of 401ks will let you move and shift money day by day. Um, and so that's an area that you have flexibility, not only of investment, but potentially accessing the funds if you need it. All right, and you're you're right. I knew you were going to throw me for a curveball, and you were gonna gonna do something wacky. But but what is what is in the walls? So so what what is that part? 
<laughs> okay, I'll tell you now. Okay, so, thank you. Yes, yeah, so now we can finally set the roof on something. So now we have the walls in between the foundation and the roof. The walls is literally everything in between the two. So the walls are not guaranteed like the foundation, but they're, we're designing those investments to try to avoid the day-to-day -day swings of the market like the roof. So what we're, what we're doing in the middle there is the walls investments are just not as well known. Everyone knows what a bank account is or a savings account. Uh, most people know what a stock market fund is or a 401k is. Well, the walls is a little bit different. So there's four things we're trying to accomplish with the walls. We're trying to avoid the day-to-day -day swings of the market. Uh, we're trying to find income um, for most walls investments, especially as you're getting closer to retirement. If you can get dividends of five or five and a half or maybe even six percent, that is very, very appealing, especially when interest rates are close to zero. Um, we want to have something that's going to help us protect us from inflation. So some of those investments will do that. And then finally, um, we want to have something that um, is backed by some type of asset. So an example of something that might be in the walls, just one example, Jen, would be a uh, private real estate portfolio. And so maybe now we're not, in, we're not buying houses here or anything. We're not flipping mm -hmm. houses. Right. What we're doing is finding a diverse uh, mixture of commercial real estate. And that could be uh, apartment complexes. It could be uh, warehouses like Amazon distribution centers and things like that. And most large companies do not want to tie up their money owning real estate, uh, which I didn't realize until we started working uh, in hmm. these types of uh, you know fields uh, a number of years ago. They just don't want to tie that money up. So what they want to do is they'll have a, they'll have a building built and then they'll lease it. Um, and they might lease it for 10 or 20 years or whatever. So someone is owning that building and then they're collecting that rent. And that's going to help support the uh, dividend. Now, let's say uh, today Amazon looks like a company that can't be stopped, right, Jen? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's say someday Amazon went out of business. Well, uh, if you own Amazon stock, it could be worthless. But if you own the real estate, you still have the land and you still have the building. Mm -hmm. So that's not a good thing that your tenant went out of business, but then you still have a piece of property that's helping protect your value. So that's the idea of the walls is, uh, and of course, none of these three levels are perfect. They each have their own characteristics. And that's the power of having a, a planning team working with you, helping you look at your situation, helping you figure out what type of mix works for you. Uh, if you like that idea of the financial house and those three levels, uh, but are unsure where that fits for you, give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. That's one part of our five-step retirement review that we offer at absolutely no cost and no obligation if you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement. All you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is with Preservation Specialists. Coming up next, we have a special interview with author David McKnight. He is the author of the new book, Tax-Free Income for Life. Don't miss it. That's coming up next when Save Your Retirement continues. The world is upside down and millions of Americans are out of work. Debt keeps rising and yet taxes and interest rates are at historically low levels. What's going to happen next? Oh, I don't know. Space monkeys could arrive. Times like these, it is important to do your homework and be prepared, especially if you're near retirement. Hi, it's Glenn Beck. This is not the time to go it alone and hope for the best. I want you to call Pat Struby today and find out what he can do for you right now. Do what other families just like yours have done for over 20 years. Call the team at Preservation Specialists. Call 803-9-RETIRE and schedule a complimentary phone or video consultation. Pat Struby and his team at Preservation Specialists are local and independent. They're focused Focus is you and your retirement. So call 803-9-RETIRE. Schedule a complimentary consultation and be prepared for your retirement years. 803-9-RETIRE. Glenn Beck has been remunerated and is not a client. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Capital Inc. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. To schedule a visit for your own customized five-step retirement review, call right now. 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak, happy to be here today alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and we have a really special segment here. David McKnight, he is the author of the new book, Tax-Free Income for Life. Pat, we've had him here on the show before, but we welcome David back to talk a little bit about the new book he has coming out. 
Yeah, uh, thanks, Jen. Um, and David, uh, really just so excited to have you um, here today. I know we spoke a while back about your book, The Power of Zero, and um, it's really been a life-changing book for many of our clients. So um, we appreciate that and excited to talk about this book today. Well, good. Yeah, The Power of Zero was something that uh, I sort of wrote back in 2014. I threw it, uh, I, I wrote it, threw it out on Amazon, crossed my fingers, and here we are six years later, still talking about it. And now we're talking about the sequel. So it's exceeded all my expectations. And as always, it's an honor to, uh, to talk with you again. Well, great. Uh, of course, uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about The Power of Zero in addition to the new book. There's, there's certainly crossover there. Is that a good place to start? Why don't you give our listeners uh, uh, maybe a refresher of really the problem that we have? I mean, so many of our clients uh, have accumulated um, the bulk of their uh, retirement savings and net worth in 401ks and IRAs, and they've benefited from that tax deferral. But now we are, we're staring at a tax train coming at us. And that's exactly what you right. uh, teach us about in your books. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, I'll explain a little bit more of the motivation behind why I wrote The Power of Zero. You know, I do about 90 uh, live in person, at least I did before, before COVID hit, uh, live, uh, 90 live and in person uh, speaking engagements all across the country. And I I routinely ask rooms full of people, how many of you guys think that tax rates in the future are likely to be dramatically higher than they are today? And nearly every hand in the room goes up. And then I ask the question, how many of you have the lion's share of your retirement savings situated in your tax-deferred bucket in the form of an IRA or a 401k? And once again, every hand in the room goes up. Hmm. And so I noticed this massive disconnect between what people think about the future of tax rates and what they're actually doing about it from a retirement perspective. They're, they're getting uh, deductions on these retirement accounts when they contribute at historically low tax rates, and they're postponing the payment of those taxes till some point much further down the road, and the math just doesn't add up. So long as you continue to adopt that model, mathematically speaking, you're not going to be able to wring the most efficiency out of your retirement dollars. So what we say is, hey, we've got we to sort of flip the traditional paradigm on its ear and start contributing to after-tax accounts like, you know, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, uh, do some Roth conversions, uh, contribute to certain types of life insurance policies that can also qualify as tax-free, and start repositioning our dollars into the types of tax-free accounts so we can insulate ourselves from the impact of higher taxes. Yeah, and I uh, was excited to get an advanced copy of your new book, Tax-Free Income for Life. And one of the quotes that you wrote in there is you may think you know how much is in your 401k or, or IRA, but unless you can predict the tax rates when that money comes out, you really don't know how much money you have. And that's a, that's a perfect synopsis of what you were just talking about, right? Right. And it's, and it's hard to plan for retirement if you don't know how much money you have. <laughs> that's right. And um, you know, one last item I'll mention on that from your new book, um, you updated your numbers, of course, as far as our, our national debt kind of spiraling out of control as it continues to escalate. And you mentioned a conclusion from Dr. Kotlikoff that our national debt isn't really $26 trillion. It's closer to $239 trillion, which, of course, is almost impossible to comprehend. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Sure. You know, it's, it's interesting with COVID-19 and the CARES Act and all of the money we had to borrow to bail ourselves out of this massive abyss in the economy. By the way, we're only halfway across that abyss. We're probably going to have to borrow another another $2 trillion before everything is said and done. Uh, as I was writing the book, I kept having to ping my editor, hey, the debt just <laughs> went up a trillion. We got to update the book again. We don't want to have outdated numbers. So we literally had to, it was going up so fast, we literally had to make three or four additional revisions to the de the debt numbers and the charts that are in the book. Uh, but you're right. The publicly stated debt is not the true debt. If we had to run our country like any corporation America in America had to run their companies, we'd have to sort of state not just the publicly stated debt, but the money that uh, we've, you know, we've borrowed from different entities, countries, uh, you know, corporations, individuals. We'd have to state all of the uh, unfunded obligations. In other words, promises that we've made for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and interest on the national debt, we'd have to include all of that on the financial ledger. And if we did, it would show that we don't, in reality, have 26 or almost $27 trillion of debt. That number is much closer to $239 trillion. And put that in perspective for, for people, what that really means is that we would have to have $239 trillion sitting in a bank account today 
earning treasury rates to be able to deliver on everything that we've promised, but that we can't afford to pay. So it's the, the numbers are much worse. And by the way, we are one of the only countries in the world that doesn't, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Kotlikoff talks about what he calls fiscal gap accounting. That's how every major developed country in the world, you know, runs the accounting of their federal government. We're the only developed country in the world that doesn't state our debt in those terms. So the reality is we're telling the world that we have 106 percent debt to GDP ratio. Our true debt to GDP ratio is about a thousand percent, which puts us by far the worst in the world. Uh, second place is Japan at 250% debt-to-GDP ratio. So we are in bad shape, and we're winning the race towards insolvency uh, in a landslide. <laughs> Winners once again. Uh, unfortunately, not not yeah. uh, a battle we want to be winning. So, uh, of course, the we're not here just to talk about what bad shape we're in as a country. What does that mean to all of us? What does that mean to our retirement? And what, as you so clearly point out, people talk about different ways to solve that problem, but the bottom line is we should all be expecting higher tax rates, right? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, the math, some people say, hey, we can just print our way out of the problem. I mean, the problem is that the real big items that are driving all of this debt are Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and they're all indexed to inflation by law. In other words, they have to go up to keep up with inflation. So what happens if we try to print our way out of it? What happens if we try to print $239 trillion? Well, inflation is going to explode, and the cost of those programs would go up commensurately. So it's like a dog chasing its tail. You never really solve the problem. And so most experts believe, and, and by the way, I've said on my, on my podcast uh, where I've analyzed the, the most recent words from Dr. Kotlikoff, David Walker, um, a lot of experts, Leon Cooperman, uh, all of these experts are opining on, you know, it's not just a question of our tax rates going to go up. It's how quickly. And so they're all saying, yeah, tax rates are going to go up. The question is how quickly. And, and so uh, most people agree in the next 10 years, uh, tax rates have to rise dramatically or we go broke as a country. Well, and you've uh, certainly opened our planning team's eyes to this, David, and, and we've worked uh, hard with uh, many of our clients this year to, as you mentioned earlier in the segment, finding ways to shift money towards something tax-free as a protector for the future. Um, now, now shifting more specifically to your new book, Tax-Free Income for Life, uh, one of the things that I thought was really fascinating uh, that I think we can touch on before the break here is your point about, of course, as retirement planners, we know longevity risk is important, uh, but the way you spelled it out was really fascinating to me, talking about how it's a risk multiplier uh, because it magnifies uh, other risks. I'd love for you to explain that a little bit. Sure. So there's there's basically four major risks that sort of threaten to cause your retirement to careen off the tracks, as it were. And, um, you know, one of them is inflation. One of them is withdrawal rate risk. Uh, one of them is what we call sequence of return risk, the likelihood of, hey, if you draw money out of your retirement portfolio during a down market, it could send your retirement, your portfolio into a death spiral from which it never recovers. And then the last one is uh, long-term care, the likelihood that you'll have to pay for a long-term care expense that could cause you to burn through all of your retirement assets just in a matter of, matter of three or four years. I mean, these are all major, major risks. Longevity risk is the risk that you're going to run out of money before you die. And the problem is Americans are living longer and longer and longer. What all the studies show is that the longer you live – the more likely you are to succumb to one of these sub-risks that I talk about in my book. And so the idea here is that if you can solve longevity risk, if you can put yourself in a position where you can guarantee that you'll never run out of income before you die, you can simultaneously solve all of these other risks uh, that, that are such threats to your retirement over the course of a 30-year retirement. So, yes, it's a, a risk magnifier, the longer you live, the greater the likelihood one of these risks will make a visit to your, uh, your retirement plan unless you can mitigate longevity risk. Yeah, looking forward to digging in more on your new book, Tax-Free Income for Life, uh, in our next segment. You've been listening to Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We have special guest David McKnight is here with us today. We're going to pick up this conversation here in just a moment. As we continue, though, if you do hear something you have questions on, you can always reach out to Pat and the team at Preservation Specialists. 803-9-RETIRE is the number you can call today with your questions. 
803-9-RETIRE. They'll also tell you how you can get a copy of the book. That's 803-9-RETIRE. We'll be back in just a moment. Will the presidential election results impact your retirement? Find out with a free guide from Pat Struby at scpreservation.com. That's scpreservation.com. Will the presidential election results impact your retirement? Find out with a free guide from Pat Struby at scpreservation.com. That's scpreservation.com. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Jen Rizak here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. We have a very special guest with us today. David McKnight is the author of the book, The Power of Zero, and the brand new book, Tax-Free Income for Life. Pat, always great to have David here. I know you guys are having a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, um, David's uh, previous book, The Power of Zero, uh, has really been transformational uh, for our planning team, uh, making sure that we are being proactive with our clients, helping them look at their tax situation and make important steps to improve their tax situation. Um, Now David's new book, Tax-Free Income for Life, of course, still deals with uh, helping us with our taxes, but incorporates some income planning topics. And and David, uh, what I would love to dig in uh, with you on is the idea of how how the financial world uh, recommends people draw income in retirement. And, um, you know, I've been doing this 23 years. I'm a huge advocate for having an income plan and not just accumulating a big pile of money and systematically withdrawing off again and hoping for the best. We, we always say, if you've got your money in stocks and bonds, we say, if the average or better works out, then it may work. But the problem is you're just hoping. And we always say hope is not a strategy. So um, can you talk <laughs> a little bit about um, the idea of you know the finance world saying, accumulate your money and then just start to systematically withdraw off of it? I know you talk about the 4% rule in the book. Sure. Um, I would love sure. to have you kind of dig into the concerns and issues with that type of planning. You bet. So uh, tr- traditionally, you know, people would take distributions from their retirement plans. And, and, and you know how they would figure out what the distribution rate was? They'd say, hmm, how much has the stock market grown in the past? What do we project it's going to grow in the future? And if that number happens to be, for example, 7%, then, hey, we can take 7% of our portfolio out in any given year. So you've got a million dollars in your, your IRA. You know, if the stock market has performed 7% on average in the past, we can take out 7% or $70,000 per year. Well, there was a, you know, a famous financial advisor back in the early 90s. He said, hey, look, all of this seems sort of willy-nilly and haphazard <laughs> uh, when it comes to a very important issue, which is how much can we safely withdraw from our retirement portfolios without – running the risk of, of, of running out of money before life expectancy. And so he ran some numbers and he did about 100,000 simulations with what we call uh, Monte Carlo simulations and basically concluded that, hey, even 5% was way too high and you ran a really high risk, almost mm. 50% of running out of money before you died if you took that approach. And so he uh, coined what we call the 4% rule. He says that if you only take out 4% of your beginning retirement balance, day one of retirement, and you take that 4% out and you can adjust it for inflation over time, you run like a 90% chance of of not running out of money before you die. Well, part of the problem is in the early 2000s, the veneer on the uh, 4% rule started to crack because they looked back and they said, hey, bond rates back in the early 90s were like 5%. They're no longer 5%. And the uh, stock market, as you know, in the 90s was doing a lot better than uh, than it did subsequently. So they have actually, you know, even the Wall Street Journal has revised downward the uh, the four percent rule to the three percent rule. And let me sort of give you the implications of that. If you have, let's say, you need the amount of money you need above and beyond Social Security is just a hundred thousand dollars, just to make our numbers easy, and you're living by the four percent rule. That means that you would uh, divide four percent into a hundred thousand. That tells you you need two point five million dollars by day one of retirement mm. to be able to uh, have enough money to realistically 
uh, not run out of money by life expectancy. Well, guess what? Now that we have the 3% rule, that changes the landscape entirely. You divide 3% into $100,000. Now you need 3.33333 million uh, to be able to have a reasonable expectation of not running out of money before you die. And frankly, that is a very cost-intensive proposition. Most Americans will not be able to accumulate that amount of money by the time they reach day one of retirement. So uh, this sort of save a bunch of money in the stock market <laughs> and hope that you uh, you know never run out of money is an a antiquated proposition. And uh, advisors like you and me are starting to see different ways of approaching it. Yeah, I, I found, um, David, and I'm sure you have too, the idea of drawing 3% or 4% off your nest egg. For most people, it does not mathematically, their brain just doesn't comprehend that because that's just not what we've been told, right? Everyone says, oh, the market makes 7 or 8 or 9% a year. Why couldn't I take that out too? And it takes a lot of explanation um, because it's just not the way our, our brains work, I don't think. And, and I imagine the reason why is when we're accumulating money, you know, for 25 or 30 and we're putting money into our 401k, the ups and downs of the market swings doesn't really have that big of a bearing on what happens. But when we're drawing money off of that pile of money, that's when this, uh, and you, as you call it, the sequence of returns risk really uh, can can be a, make a life changing difference, unfortunately, which would always be against us in retirement, right? Yeah, and I'll give you a quick example that I cite in my book. They did uh, MetLife Investment Services actually did a, a survey of uh, pre retirees and retirees back in 2008, and they said, "What do you think is a realistic rate of return, a rate of distribution from your retirement assets?" And you know what? Over 50 percent of them said they said 10 percent. They, they believed that they could take 10% of their retirement assets per year, each and every year, from the time they retired through life expectancy. Just to give you an idea of how that would turn out, if you did that starting in the year 2000 and then we had those two or three down years in a row to start their retirement off, you would have run out of money in eight years. So you would have run out of money. This is this is sequence of return risk. You take too much money out during you know during down markets, and you can run out of money fifteen to twenty years earlier than you ever thought possible. So I think that we have this illusion that we can just accumulate a big pile of money, and it's going to be enough to reach life expectancy. And Pat, that's exactly why the number one concern for Americans in survey after survey after survey is a risk of outliving their money. So they think they can pull this off, but deep down inside, they have serious doubts. Mm. Yeah. And in fact, uh, it's such a big concern that you actually did something that I thought was was really quite crazy of you, um, David. You used a dirty word in your book. You used the term annuity. So, so let's talk about There's this idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk, you know, we talk on the show all the time that, you know, we aren't, you know, believers in this is good, this is bad or anything like that. It's just what, what are the tools out there and who, who do they make sense for? So an annuity, of course, you have the opportunity to have guaranteed income for life. I would love for you to spend a minute talking about how um, that can actually be much more cost effective than um, trying to accumulate this huge pile of money and hoping to systematically draw off of it. Yeah, sure. And so just for starters, there's lots of different types of annuities. I go over that in my book. But the most basic approach here says you give a portion of your net worth. Uh, in this case, let's say $500,000. You give it to uh, an insurance company and in return, they give you a guaranteed stream of income that is guaranteed to last as long as you live. So you could live to 120 and you're going to have to keep finding a way to pay or to uh, to spend that money that they keep sending you month after month after month. And so uh, just to give you an idea, and uh, when I wrote the book, interest rates were probably quite as low as they are right now. They were a tiny bit higher. And so the example I used was that, you know, you give $500,000 to an insurance company and they can turn around and give you uh, a 6% stream off of that money. So five, you know, 6% of 500,000 is $30,000. So they guarantee that you receive that $30,000 stream of income every year until you die, regardless of how long you die. Now, the flip side of that obviously is that it's, it's risk sharing, it's risk pooling. And if you die, you know, with what I call the Mack truck factor, you step off a curb two years from now and you get hit by a Mack truck, then that asset disappears off of your balance sheet. But the flip side is if you live to 120, you're going to keep getting that $30,000. And so the cost 
of being able to mitigate that type of risk is, is roughly half of what it uh, what it would take if you tried to take the stock market approach. So, I mean, think about it. If you can take 3% out of your portfolio with the stock market approach, but with the uh, insurance company approach, you can do it at half the amount. You get 6% that you can draw off that asset. That's a lot more economical than taking the, you know, the traditional approach. Yeah, and where where you really kind of bring everything together, I know Jen knows. You know, um, all the shows that we do, we talk about. We want to help people create income. We want to help them save on taxes, and we want to help them by handle. You know, with an investment plan. So all those things piece together, and of course, to create tax free income for life, the name of your your book, um, you have to kind of put all those things together. And and of course, one of the ideas you bring home is what if you could have um, this annuity essentially creating a guaranteed income for life, but rather than having it inside of a traditional IRA where that's taxable income, how can we get it into a Roth IRA so you actually now have tax-free income for life? Is that Can you talk more about kind yeah. of the steps? And, yeah, and the yeah. the whole different... crux of the book is, hey, look, there, is, there are two risks that are facing you in retirement that are major, major risks. One is longevity risk, the likelihood you'll run out of money before you die, and the other one is tax rate risk the likelihood that tax rates could rise dramatically and you don't get to keep nearly as much of your tax deferred assets as you thought possible. And unfortunately, traditionally, when uh, advisors try to solve these two problems, they solve one at the expense of not solving the other. They say, okay, we can figure out longevity risk, but we can create that stream of income out of your tax deferred bucket. And that's going to be permanent and it comes out of your tax deferred bucket and it can't ever be changed. And what happens is should tax rates go up, the amount of money you get to keep after tax starts to go lower and lower and lower. Not only that, but when you take money out of your tax-deferred bucket, it counts as provisional income, which is the income the IRS tracks to determine if they're going to tax your Social Security. So you could have two giant holes in your retirement income due to drawing your income out of your tax-deferred bucket. So what I say is, is situate your money in the type of an annuity that gives you the flexibility of stepping that money over to the tax-free bucket during the deferral period. In other words, do Roth conversions, what I call piecemeal internal Roth conversions, on that annuity while it's in your tax-deferred bucket over the course of the next five or six years before tax rates go up for good. Once you get all the heavy lifting done, all that money's in the Roth IRA, then you can draw your guaranteed lifetime income out of your tax-free bucket. You're insulated from tax rate risk, and you're insulated from Social Security taxation because any income drawn from your tax-free bucket doesn't count against the threshold which caused Social Security taxation. Well, and, and obviously, uh, not all annuities work that way. That's one of the examples. Our team, we're willing to take, uh, you know, speak with uh, our listeners and help you figure out it, what type of annuity you have and if you can get tax-free income for life for that. David, thank you so much. Um, your book, Tax-Free Income for Life, is available at Amazon, and uh, we really appreciate your time today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. All right. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Really appreciate David McKnight, author David McKnight, taking some time to talk with us here today. We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert Tim Hanbury. The first question people ask is, how do I enroll into Medicare? Well, it depends. If you're turning 65 and you're already taking Social Security income benefits, you don't have to do anything. Medicare will automatically enroll you into Parts A and B of Medicare. If you're not taking income benefits, then you can enroll online or over the phone. To enroll online, you need to set up your My Social Security account at ssa.gov. Once you have this completed, go back into ssa.gov and enroll into Parts A and or Part B depending on your situation. It's easy and it only takes about 10 minutes. If you're not a computer person, you can call your local Social Security office and they can enroll you over the phone. At age 65, you can't enroll online. When you call, there'll be two forms you'll need. One is an application for Part B, and the other is completed by your employer. Your employer will attest that you've had coverage from the time you turn 65 until the time you're coming on Medicare. You then submit these to your local Social Security office. Please know there can be financial penalties if you don't enroll in the proper time frames. Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation. To schedule a visit for your own customized five-step retirement review, call right now. 
803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Thanks for joining us today. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rezac, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the book, Save Your Retirement. And Pat just had a great interview uh, with you and David McKnight, who is also an author. He's a best-selling author, and his new book is Tax-Free Income for Life. What are some of your big takeaways from that conversation? Yeah, Jen, first I have to say uh, what a blessing it's been to get to know David. Um, You know, we had him speak to our clients a while back and uh, included in that opportunity was time uh, for David to sit down with our planning team and uh, really talk through how he recommends and how he does tax planning. So it's really been a, a tremendous partnership and opportunity for us to really dig into some, I think, I don't know if cutting edge is the right word, but I think it's really so proactive, you know, to help people really think about what what they're paying in taxes now and what that's going to look like in the future. So mm-hmm. uh, it was really cool to get the chance to talk with him again today. Um, his his first book, The Power of Zero, is just so I believe so perfectly and quickly explains the problem of that tax rates could be going up in the future. And then what are some of the solutions to it? His new book, Tax-Free Income for Life, that we just spent time talking about. uh, What's really interesting about that is not only thinking about tax planning, but now tying it into income planning and investment planning. And of course, Jen, you know, I always preach about the importance of those three areas, investment planning, income planning, and tax planning. You, you, want, you don't want three different ideas that have nothing to do with each other. You want a cohesive strategy. And that's, of course, what he talked about when he was using the different ways to draw income and how that's situated as far as how you're going to be taxed on it. And of course, you and I, uh, before the interview, were talking about the financial house. That ties in as well because there's different savings and investment mm-hmm. options that we can use to create our income. And so that was that was my biggest takeaway is, is it all really work, his planning and our planning really work together so seamlessly. Going back to that idea of building a financial house, building a strong, sturdy financial house, if you ask somebody, Pat, what their favorite part of their house is, well, I'll just ask you, what what's your favorite part of your house? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, so you know that I, um, I've been a Los Angeles Lakers fan since 1986, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a couple years ago. And no, I wasn't six months old at that time. I was, I was 12. (laughs) And, uh, so I have a basement that has uh, a lot of Lakers paraphernalia in it. So I I would say my Lakers basement would be my favorite part of my house. All right. How about you? For for me, it's the kitchen. That's where I'm in charge. It's I love to cook. It's it's where I feel like I am most at home, which is good, too, because I have four kids. I'm always having to cook and do dishes anyway. (laughs) So I might as well like it while I'm in there. (laughs) But but nobody says, you know, your favorite room, it, it has less to do with where it is and it's more of what's in it. That could be an attic room and it's full of Lakers stuff and you would right. love it. Nobody says the foundation. Now, your, your room <laughs> happens to be in the basement, but the foundation in general, the thing that everything else is built on, is super boring. Um, we have an unfinished part of our basement at our house, and Dalton, my eight-year-old, always calls it the, the dirty part of the house because <laughs> it's just the, the gross part of the house. But it's really important when we're talking about that boring, <laughs> that boring foundation part of our retirement. What kind of income sources go in there? Yeah, so that's uh, and that ties in perfectly, Jen, with not only what we were talking about earlier, but what uh, David McKnight was talking about in our interview, which is the financial industry. You know, tells us you know they they Wall Street wants us to have our money in in Wall Street. They want us to be in mutual funds. They want us to be in accounts where they charge us one or two percent a year forever um, because it's very profitable for them. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that's the roof, right? That's the roof of the house. That's your growth money. Um, but uh, and the, the the roof of the house has uh, is an important place for everyone, including in retirement. I'm not saying you shouldn't have money in the market, but that's not really the efficient place to draw income from. And we're, what we want to do is we want to look to the foundation and the walls 
to draw income. And, and to your specifically to your question, Jen, uh, the foundation, you know, there are different options for income there. 10 or 20 years ago, you could have used um, FDIC-insured CDs or government-protected savings bonds to generate 4 or 5 or 6 or 7% interest. Well, guess what? We're not getting that these days, right? <laughs> right? You know, rates are pretty close to zero. So when we're looking at the foundation now and saying, how can we draw income, one of the places we have to look is to annuities. And I was joking with David in the interview. I, I said you used a dirty word in your book because he, he talks about annuities. And I said, I just think it's funny because we all have this preconceived notion of what an annuity is. And we've all heard maybe good, maybe bad things about annuities. Uh, and, and our whole philosophy is um, it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Some people, an annuity is a perfect fit. For some people, they have no use for it. So it just depends on you, you and your goals. Um, but the annuity in, is a place in the foundation where we can create um, significant income. And what uh, David McKnight talked about in our interview is it can actually be the most efficient way to create income. And that's why we believe it's so valuable just to consider all possibilities. That's why we love the house, uh, because we can work with any of those three areas and we can help all of our clients review those different options. One of the things I, I always talk about, Jen, is there's no such thing as a perfect savings or investment account. So they all have pros, they all have cons. Our job as your planner is to help you understand all of those and help you figure out which ones have more pros and less cons for you and then kind of piece those together in your plan. And so all that has to do with this financial house and the different levels. And we just think that's a really powerful, it's a simple idea, but it has great power because we think it makes this discussion so much more understandable. And um, if you think you could benefit from having an understandable conversation about your retirement planning, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE. We have a process called our five-step retirement review that we will offer at absolutely no cost and no obligation if you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement. All you have to do is call us at 803-9-RETIRE. Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists and the author of the book, Save Your Retirement. I'm Jen Rezac alongside Pat. Just gave you the phone number and the website is retirewithpat.com if you'd like to learn a little bit more. Pat, as we talk about those reliable, boring income sources that are in the foundation of our retirement, not a lot of excitement when we talk about things like Social Security, but it's still important to think about. Again, um, your basement, your foundation of your house, it's super boring, but when it's not there, you sure notice it. And I think that would be the same thing is true for our Social Security, right? There's no doubt about it, Jen. And, and here's an example. We'll throw some numbers out. Um, if you're trying to figure out, let's say you're retiring today. Um, one of the things we want to know is what are the things you want to do in retirement? Uh, what's that going to look like? And part of the reason we want to know that is uh, to know how much it's going to cost. So let's just throw a number out. Let's say after taxes, you would love to have $5,000 a month coming in to live off of. And so then we go through and, and let's say we plan your social security and let's say your social security is going to be $3,000 a month. Okay. And you don't have a pension. Mm -hmm. So now you have 3000 a month coming in, you need 5,000. So we've got a gap of $2,000, right? What we want to do is we want to figure out what is the best way to cover that gap. And, um, you know, there's, there's a million different ways to do that. And that's again, kind of building out that financial house, helping you figure out the right ways to do that. And part of that could be an annuity. Uh, part of it could be using uh, investments in the walls that are generating dividends as well. There could be stocks in your roof that generate dividends also. Um, there's a lot of different options. There are pros and cons to each of those. And of course, I kind of glossed over uh, probably uh, where you want to be to focus, Jen, uh, but on when you are figuring out your social security, that's really kind of like part of your foundation. And it's an enormous decision. Um, if you're an individual, you certainly have different options. You can claim as early as 62 or as late as 70. Uh, but if you're a married couple, there are dozens or even hundreds of variations of combinations you can choose. It's really important to try and make sure not only you're maximizing those benefits, but you're also incorporating them into your complete retirement income plan in a way that's best for you and your family. So, Pat, as we are putting together this, this foundation for our retirement how much do we need to be saving for retirement? You, you hear all these different numbers, a million dollars should be enough. I feel like that's enough to retire off of. But how do we figure out if what we've done is enough to make sure that our foundation is sturdy? 
Yeah, the million dollar number gets thrown out a lot, Jen. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I mean, it's a nice round number, right? It sounds yeah. <laughs> sounds pretty good. And you're a millionaire if you have a million bucks. So that's pretty cool, right? Two things I uh, like. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, of course, we all are so incredibly different. Um, that's the reason uh, we love teaching. We love doing the show and talking about finance. But when we're working with an individual family, everything needs to be custom. And that's why we call our plans custom built retirement plans. So it's going to depend on at what age you want to retire. It's going to depend on how much you want to spend in retirement. It's going to depend on what your social security benefits look like. Do you have a pension or not? Do you have a mortgage or not? That's certainly going to affect your spending. There's so many different variations that we have to consider. So we've seen people very happily retire with what some people would consider as a very modest nest egg. Uh, Meanwhile, we've met people that have well over a million dollars and we've run the analysis and they're not on track. So um, it just depends on um, a lot of factors. And we think it's so valuable to run those numbers the first time, um, have someone put together. Uh, the, one of the first things we do for anyone that we sit down with is we run the numbers and we try and help them see where do you stand with your income planning? Are you on track to meet your goals? If you are, then that's awesome. You know, Maybe you can even accelerate your goals. Um, if you're not on track, what are the different options to solve that problem? Right. And circling back to what we've talked about several times today, just saving and focusing on saving enough, it really isn't enough when it comes to making sure you're okay throughout retirement because we do have to make sure that we're protecting our savings. We're, we're having to make sure that we're putting in these other strategies as well. When you talk about protecting it, it is from things like taxes or inflation or health care or long-term care down the road. Talk a little bit about, Pat, the different strategies that are out there to not only make sure that we've saved enough, but to make sure that we're protecting it so it will last as long as we need it to last. Yeah, I I love the analogy of a football game here, Jen, because uh, everyone knows the basics of football. And while the offense gets the glory, uh, you can't win a championship without defense. And so uh, our finances are the same. Our, uh, our investments are the offense. It always gets the glory. If anyone, if, you're, if your friends do an investment and they make 100% return on it, I can guarantee you they're going to tell you all about it, right? <laughs> but um, no one brags about having the right insurance plan or finding a way to protect against losing money or something like that. But that's what we have to do. There's so many risks to our money and life is complex. And so what we want to do is we want to have offense, we want to have defense, and then we want to have a cohesive plan that works together, brings everything together, helps you have income in retirement, less taxes, an investment plan that is comfortable for you, and also have a healthcare and estate plan. Uh, if you don't have all five of those, uh, what we would encourage you to do is give us a call at 803-9-RETIRE. We review all of those in our five-step retirement review. That's absolutely no cost and no obligation if you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement. To get started, just call now at 803-9-RETIRE retire. You've been listening to Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Make sure you remember that number that he shared throughout the show today, 803-9-RETIRE. And be sure to tune in again next time for more insights from Pat. I'm Jen Rizak. We're glad you spent some time with us here today. We hope you have a great week. Preservation Specialists is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of tools. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income are never referring to securities or investment products. Preservation Specialist is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. Preservation Specialist is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Securities offered through Kalos Capital, Inc. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management, Inc. Both at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia, 30005. Preservation Specialist is not an affiliate or a subsidiary of Kalos Capital, Inc. or Kalos Management, Inc.